On today's episode of Go Book Yourself, the podcast that helps you master writing, marketing, and publishing one bite at a time, we are discussing diversity, and we'll get to it in just a moment. Tune in to Go Book Yourself, powered by Helix Interactive, with your book coach and publishing expert, Hilary Jastrom. I honestly never get tired of slinging love at the real OG in our agency, Jay Hill Creative, the lifeblood of all we do. If you want guidance on any sort of writing from digital to the printed page and publishing through Bookmark Publishing House, we've got you. Just head to jhillcreative.com, 1LJHillCreative.com. Hit contact and we'll be in touch to bring your ideas to life. You know you want to, so give yourself what you want this holiday season or any time of the year and come see us today. And for a limited time, you can also view my crappy website that's existing right now because the shiny new one is in the shoot, just about ready to launch. I am so excited about that. We will see you soon. Before we get into the gist of it, the main meat of it, I want to say this podcast is dedicated to Margie Janes. She is one of my authors. She is uh, a pretty steady listener of Go Book Yourself as well. And Margie is very special to me. And she's special to me because we are on the tail end of getting her book done. It is her first novel. And her book started when she was a young girl. She started writing about it as the protagonist. And as she continued to write it, then she was able to write from the point of view of the college student. So the young girl growing up into the college student, then she was able to write from the point of view of the mother in the book And it's just been crazy to see. I've never worked with anybody who's worked that long on their book and has developed themselves through the years to relate and become each of those characters. Margie is a teacher and she is phenomenal. She's an elementary school teacher. Um, Her kids make me laugh. She sends me little ditties about her kids sometimes and they make me laugh because kids just do that. They just have absolutely no compunction about sharing their world with people. It just is what it is. And so Margie is in the space and she has the responsibility of presenting facts to her students. And that includes this topic today, diversity, getting people comfortable with talking about it, helping them navigate some of the trickier aspects of it. And we talked about her book because Margie recognized that her book needed some diversity, and I'm really proud of her for that. She was uh, very cognizant of that. And that launched us into a conversation about what does that look like? How do we, as white suburban women, even begin to approach the conversation or even begin to approach creating content or adding diversity to characters so that it rings true, so that it is not uh, inadvertently going to offend somebody. And it was a really interesting conversation, and she said you should do a podcast about it. So I'm dedicating this podcast to Margie Janes, who is the pluckiest author I have ever had. 
Um, and she's become a dear friend. And I'm so proud of her. And her book will be coming out very, very soon. It's called True Companion. And you will not want to miss it. We'll have information on it soon. It is a, I would call it a girl meets boy meets boy again story. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And you'll have to just read it when it comes out. It's slated for February. So diversity for our purposes, and if you've been listening and if you've worked with me or read any of my stuff or whatever, you'll understand what what we need to do first, and that is we need to define it. So diversity for our purposes covers various ethnicities. It covers various orientations, um, religion, political affiliations, things of that nature. Diversity also tends to lean toward exploring um, minorities or, in some cases, a marginalized population or misunderstood population, a population that maybe isn't um, included too much. And so we're trying to bring in more inclusive content so that more people feel like in our art, they can see themselves there. They can relate there. We see examples of this in little girls who will see an African-American doll maybe being introduced into the American, uh, I think they're called just American, oh, American girl dolls. That's what they are. Just had to wait for the for the cogs in my brain to connect and engage with each other. And then <laughs> I was able to retrieve that. But they're called American Girl Dolls. And, um, you know, when they introduced an African-American doll and the ability for a young girl to design such a doll so that it looked like herself, that says a lot. When a young girl or a young boy... Um, Often we're seeing this in young, young girls because there's also the aspect of women not getting their time on stage, etc. And so we'll just kind of use the young girl in this example. But when a young girl sees an astronaut, she sees more than this is how to apply eyeshadow. When a young girl sees that, um, you know, she can grow up and become an astrophysicist. Uh, she can grow up she and, and join the army if she wants to. We're swinging wide open those doors. So including more people and our walks of life are getting more and more varied as time marches on. And this is a good thing. I think it's a great thing. And who are we to even control that anyways? So I have a whole big opinion on that. Let people be who they are. And we just stay in our own lane. So the most important point to reach um, when you're talking about diversity, and we're going to talk about a number of points today, you want to research it. So I've had some experience with that in writing for the Good Men Project and learning that it, there is a time to learn. There is a time to say, I don't know. I'm not sure. And so I'm not just going to brashly bluster my way in and say, well, I think it should be this without knowing that 
no, this is how you refer to someone in a manner which is not offensive. This is how you talk about characteristics of people. It can be uh, a little off-putting. It can be kind of scary because you're afraid to get it wrong and you're afraid to accidentally offend somebody. But that's exactly why we need to try. Even if we trip all over ourselves and fall on our face, that doesn't matter. What matters is that we are making a full-hearted effort to do it. So the most important point, I believe, out of this whole conversation is to research it. We were examining different ways to talk about including an African-American girl, uh, a Hispanic girl, and um, an Asian girl. And so we had to think about how are we talking about them? Why are we talking about them? When are we talking about particular identifying characteristics? It is not our place to use any sort of, in this instance, and I will have a caveat here at the end, so make sure you listen to the whole thing, but it's not our place to use any sort of common language to describe hair textures or skin colors or orientations. That is not our place. Our, our place is, as with anything, it's to use descriptions that are relevant when they are needed. So I believe it is important for the reader to understand that we have people of different ethnicities. I think that's really important. Okay. I also don't think that we need to make a show of it. It has to be authentic, just as it would be authentic to include um, a white character. And we lose touch with that for the most part because white characters are written about very much. There's, there's not a sensitivity around that. So we freely walk in. We freely explore whatever we want to say about it. And we also assign intention behind it for the reader. We say, well, the reader's going to read it. They're going to know exactly what I mean. And I'm not worried about it. That creates a safety zone. You can say whatever you want. You're fairly safe, whatever the case is, right? But it's also pretty much whitewashing, and we want to be sensitive to that. We want to ultimately be able to write about all of our characters with this sense of freedom and with this sense of safety. But we have to get there, and that means we have to learn about it. And that means that we have to say, I don't know about it. What Margie and I came to see is that it makes sense to note specific characteristics of a person in any regard when they're called for. I'm not going to come straight out and I'm not going to talk about alabaster skin if I don't need to. In the same way, I'm not going to talk about ebony skin if I don't need to. I'm not going to talk about hair texture if I don't need to. If I'm describing somebody, if somebody walks into the room and let's say her name is Andrea, she walks into the room and she's this beautiful, radiant black woman, I will describe her at that point because we need to know who she is. 
I will describe a Rachel who walks in and she's a beautiful, radiant white woman because we need to know who she is. But I think we also need to, while we we don't need to hang up on the physical characteristics of people, we also need to explain to our readers, this is who I'm seeing in, in my head. It's important, too, to explain to the readers that I'm including diversity, but I'm not going to beat you over the head with it. But I am going to include it so that tacitly, so that subconsciously, you're going to get, I think, as an author, it's important. So you're going to research. When you are describing any characteristics that might be seen as outside of the quote-unquote norm, describe it. Describe that it's curly hair. Describe that it is sleek hair. Describe the mannerisms, right? Not derogatory. You're simply describing what you see. And this goes back to one of the oldest rules of writing, which is show, don't tell. So stick to that in preparing to talk to Margie about this and to make these decisions, I did research. And my research was centered on, because in this instance, we were trying to figure out how to talk about an African-American woman. So, and I have to excuse my barking dogs, but I'm assured by my podcast producer that that is okay once in a while. (laughs) But in doing this and trying to describe this African-American woman and making sure we were doing it the right way, I did research and I read an article in Vogue magazine that was written by an African-American woman who was giving the pointers about what we say and what we don't say. What is okay for white writers to say as they're talking about different people of ethnicity and what is not okay for them to say. And so I took my lessons and my guidance from that article from a black woman who is telling me, this is what I need you to say and this is what we have agreed on. And so it's not my job to say, well, I don't like that and I want to do something different. My job is to say, I did credible research from somebody who should be able to tell me about this, from somebody who should be able to give me these pointers and say, this is okay and it's not okay. I am not the judge right now. I don't get to say whether it's okay or not okay and then say, you know what, Uh, well, I did my best and um, it didn't work out and that's not my problem. That's That's not my job. My job is to say, what do you want me to do and then to do it. So my point number two, it doesn't matter if you agree with it. You have a responsibility as a writer to present your characters and yourself in such a way that you are inclusive and that you are correct. You are factually correct. And we've all seen people who have either on purpose or inadvertently 
thrown out a bunch of offensive stuff, and it doesn't end well for them. And we can say, well, that doesn't really affect me because I'm not, um, I'm not that person and I don't really care. But the fact of the matter is that it does affect some people and it does hurt some people and it can hurt you as well as it can hurt your readership. But I think the bigger picture is if it does hurt some people, then let's not do it. Let's not say I'm the expert over here and telling so-and-so how they should be addressed, how they should live their life and what they need. Let's all agree that that belongs to them. Now, in the same vein, if somebody came to me and and said, hey, I want to write about a a white woman and I'm not sure about it, thank you for respecting that. That's that's great. Or I want to write about a German woman and that's my ethnicity. All right, I'll help you with that. I'd have to research it, but I will (laughs) because I'm not an expert in that. And that's a huge takeaway too if you're not an expert in it. Research it. Make sure it's credible. And when I say research it, I mean Look at who's writing it. Are they credible? We're not looking for virtue signaling. You've heard me use this phrase before. Virtue signaling just basically says, I have this opinion. I'm going to go out and research it until I find somebody who agrees with me. That is telling me that I am right. No, it's telling you that you have reached an article that you agree with, and you're taking that as now I'm correct when... You're not looking at the facts of the matter. So we have to go a little bit further. Who's putting this research out? Who is paying for it? Who's giving us this information? There is the caveat that I talked to you about earlier and I said I would discuss and it is this. If you've read any novel, now sometimes there are just painfully bigoted characters in those novels, but they have to be that way and they have to be written that way. I don't think we need to go all the way to the end of the finish line and go for shock value and start slinging around uh, derogatory names and things of that nature unless it is relevant. I mean, this is like nudity in a movie. It is relevant. Is the character going to take a bath? Is she getting ready to have sex? What is she doing? Is it relevant? Is she making soup on the stove? Well, she should probably have a top on, unless she's a nudist. It has to be relevant. So if you have a bigoted character, go ahead and hate them as you as you write their stuff. Of course, in any character, you want to try and understand why they are that way. That's the same way in life. That's how we solve things. But otherwise, there's no stereotyping. There's no assuming that you know the way to portray someone. When we do this, we also come across as ignorant and willful. Willful to the point that uh, we don't really care what other people feel like. We just want to win. We just want to say, this is my way, and I don't really care. And that's very insensitive. And insensitivity is not the way to get your readers all up in a lather to read your next book. It just isn't. You're going to have people that that turn off. And more importantly, you will be refusing your responsibility as a writer, as a teacher, as an entertainer to put out into the world that this is important and I respect other people. So again, stick to descriptions.
And we found this fairly easy when we could stick to descriptions, taking out the ethnic piece of it per se, and just looking at things as objects. That is a chair. That is an Asian American woman. These are the characteristics. Stick to those descriptions. I'm not saying that there's not importance in culture, but you have to dial back those what can be deemed to be, I wouldn't call them, they're not microaggressions, but they might be like micro, I don't know, like micro feelings that you have about them. They're almost instinctual in the way that you've been brought up society. Micro pressures. You have to dial those back and say, I'm looking at different things right now. This is a white woman. This is how I'm describing her. This is a black man. This is how I'm describing him. I'm not getting into any of the feelings that are behind them. Those feelings will come up later for your reader. Those feelings will come up later for the pride in yourself when you have portrayed people the correct, unassuming, and unoffensive and inoffensive ways. You're going to use the right titles for things too. Again, it doesn't matter if you agree with it. And I know titles change a lot, and that can be frustrating to a degree to say why well, I, I screwed up again because I didn't know the title changed, and so I'm sorry. And that's all you can do is you can apologize. Do, do, the, do this to the best of your ability. Just like anything in life, be as informed as you can up to the moment in the content you're creating to the best of your ability, and then guess what? If you get it wrong, you can say, I'm so sorry. I did not uh, research further enough or, um, you know, and that's just how it came out. And you can hear me kind of stumbling over what I would say. It doesn't make my apology bad. It means I'm not very eloquent in that moment. But it's more important to take a step forward than it is to try and get it perfect. Do all the work on the back end. But we never do anything about it because we're too afraid. We're too afraid to speak up. We're too afraid to say, I feel this way about it. I might get it wrong and I'm sorry. So use those right titles for things. You know, the LGBTQIA, I believe it is, there are titles that are inherent in those orientations, we need to know those things. We need to understand what they are. Even if we have to take the time to educate ourselves, even if we have to Google it, and we want to be careful asking people as well. And I've heard this before. It is not that person's job to educate you. They may take offense you could, if you feel like somebody would be willing to talk to you or work with you or whatever, you could say, may I talk to you about this subject? And if you don't want to, that's totally fine. But I thought you would good, be a good resource. And sometimes I get confused about what is a credible resource and what is not a credible resource. And even if you feel like that's a little bit overkill, we do have to realize other people are not here to educate us. They have every right to keep their stories to, their, to themselves. 
They have every right to not engage in things and in conversations that might be painful for them, in conversations surrounding concerns or issues that they are still struggling with themselves. Our only job is to respect that and to try and be as correct as we can. That's it. That's not a very big job. So use the right titles for things. I thought it was great that Margie reached out and said, I'm not sure how to proceed here. That is a fantastic piece of advice for anybody writing a book that has to deal with these sorts of intricacies. Reach out to somebody. What do you think? I'm not really sure about this. Does this come off wrong? It's not that different from trying to gain different perspective and using a beta reader, for example. I don't have the perspective anymore. I've been working on this thing too long. I'm not sure how this is coming across. Very intelligent thing to do, to find a fresh set of eyes, a fresh opinion, a fresh perspective. That's exactly why we do that. So you don't want to shoehorn in descriptions. So ask yourself, when in the story does the ethnicity, orientation, etc. matter? When does it matter? If you've introduced the character, we know who they are. Are you being egregious with further detail that is not needed in any regard? This comes down to including relevant content at the time that it is relevant. Is it moving the story along? Is it unnecessary detail? Then does it fall under the category of unnecessary content? And our goal is to tell the story using as few words as we can to get the point across and to deliver the description and the experience. It is not to jam in unnecessary content, whether it's concerning this topic we're talking about today or anything. So ask yourself that. Is this necessary right now? Is this telling the reader something? There's always a reason that you're going to be including things. Why is this needed? And I'm not saying shy away from including some of those details that are descriptive, that describe someone's personality, that describe someone's background, etc. I'm not saying to shy away from those. Definitely don't do that. But don't, there's a balance that you're going to strike as well. You ever seen those people that try too hard and they kind of put it in your face like, I did this and I did it really well and so that means that I care about it. Actual caring about it is moving into the true authenticity of engaging with diverse populations outside of the book. So it becomes even more natural. It becomes something that you don't think about. Using diversity in your book is one step in your whole life of making your life a more diverse experience and including all kinds of different people in your life. And when you do that, it won't feel like, oh, shoot, I don't know how to do this so much. You'll feel better about it. And you'll, you'll feel better about yourself, I think. And then be sensitive. Be sensitive as you go forward. But I think you'll feel 
less inclined to overthink some of these inclusions. And they should be included. Every single piece of content that you put out there. I remember when I was working for uh, the Good Men Project and I was formatting their articles, I made it a point to look for those diverse images. Go back and look at my stuff. I made it a point to look for those diverse, inclusive images because I had read or I had heard somewhere this was not the case. We tend to gravitate towards imagery, descriptions, and familiar characters and content to us. That's where we feel familiar. We are experts in that field. I can tell you all about how it was to be raised in my house. I can tell you all about how it is to be in a big family. If I gravitate outside of that, I start needing to gather information. Well, I don't know how it feels to be in a big family. I don't know how it feels to live in Switzerland. It's not that comfortable for me. So we have to push ourselves and we have to say, how can I take a step and how can I show the world that this is who I am on the inside? And then it comes out in your book. I also liken writing about these inclusive experiences to writing about anything. You have to go all in. My favorite analogy about this is writing about sex. You have to write about sex if your characters, if you you need to get it across, that they're being intimate. And you need to take the reader into the scene just like you would write about them going out to lunch, the type of dessert they ordered, all the senses coming alive. You have to write about sex in that same way. Get it out of your head that your mom or your dad or somebody that you would be mortified to read it is going to pick it up and tear it into little pieces or you'll feel shamed about it. Get it out of your head. You have to commit to the scene. You have to commit to anything that you're writing about. Do it in the most informed way so that you're not going to offend people and then dive in, dive into that deep end of the pool, get yourself completely immersed. That's how you're writing. You're writing about having lunch. You're writing about having sex. You're writing about a diverse population or diverse characters. You are writing. You are committing to it. And believe me, readers will know the difference. We have a responsibility to write right. And I'm sure there are things that I talked about in this episode that we could have gone deeper. We could have even explored another layer of this subject. And we have to keep talking about it. And I would love to hear from people on this. I would love to hear what I did right. I would love to hear what I could have done differently or what I didn't cover because that's all a part of learning too and being willing to learn and saying, great, how do I improve on this? How do I improve as a model of believing in this? I need somebody else to tell me. As writers and authors, we are charged with educating our reader, being responsible for the content we put out when we are writing for young adults, for example. We want to make sure we're empowering young girls. They're not getting too dependent on the romantic, 
happily ever after. And we're seeing some backlash in Disney on that. So I movies like Frozen, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And, and what do they teach young girls? Love yourself, love your family, love your sister. Sometimes the romantic happily ever after is appropriate. I've watched those movies. I'm guilty of that. And sometimes I really like them and I even cry because I guess ever since I was pregnant, I, I'm not pregnant now. I'm saying when I was pregnant back in the day, now I will cry at like a Campbell soup commercial, the one with the snowman who comes in and has soup at the table. You know, the one I'm talking about. So sometimes it's okay. Sometimes we need to, you know, get into that little grief grotto for just a moment. But we need to take seriously our power to sway. We have the power to captivate, to sweep people up in their feelings. A great book, and you know this, can take you right out of your reality. We have to respect what our writing can do, the influence that it has. Your words are absorbed by people who walk around with them as part of what they have soaked up in their life. It becomes a part of their experience, a part of their knowledge. And what happens then? They share it with other people. You're a ripple. We have to be responsible ripples and put people on the right roads as well as teach them the appropriate way to address someone, what to be aware of, etc. I know it's not the most comfortable topic to discuss. That's why we had to have it today. It's important. We can't shy away from talking about it just because we don't know how. If you don't know how to do something, you're just going to take a stab at it in the dark. That's all there is, and then we're just going to get better at it. You say, oh, I know where that is now. Oh, I remember I'm not going to do that. Learned about that. I'm not going to do that again. Conversations like these are sloppy. That's okay. Having them is how we reach greater understandings together, how we feel heard, and how we build stronger bridges and community. Now that's it. That heavy duty laid it on you. That's it for this week's chapter of Go Book Yourself. If you ever feel stuck or just need a little writing encouragement you know where to go until next time authors right on <laughs>